0: And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back. It's been another week, lots of sports going on. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two amazing co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, do I even need to go for you for an answer for how you're feeling today?
1: Um, Not really, but we're back. Uh, more sports, more
0: talk. That's pretty my life right now, so it's not bad. That was a very interesting way of putting it for sure. Irfan, how are you doing, man? Good. <laughs> You want to give me About anything it. more than just good or just that, sticking that's a, with good? We're good. We're good. Yeah. That's all, all right. we're going to say. All right. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about. NBA draft happened this week. NHL division realignment possibilities, as well as ECHL dropping an entire division for next year. MLS playoffs also start this weekend. So we got a lot to talk about. So let's get right into our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada kicking Academy, calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada kicking Academy. The Ferrara brothers, Daniel and Gabe are both university of Guelph alumni. And after illustrious university, careers they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years if you want to take your special teams game to the next level you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy visit them at canadakickingacademy.com and follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy and boys we got a very special guest joining us today University of Sask track and field athlete but more importantly new hilltops player Emma Ray Dale Emma Ray, how are you doing today
2: I'm good thank you how are you Good.
0: Thank you. You're the only one who asked me. I <laughs> two don't co-hosts, care. no one asked me. I
2: don't care
1: about you, Nick. <laughs> You're probably the only one who cares. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so MRA has been in the news the last probably two months now, almost, uh, across Canada, because you have become the first female football player in the Canadian Junior Football League. What what has the uh, experience sort of been like the last couple months?
2: Uh, honestly, I I don't know. I feel like I'm not even living like real life right now. <laughs> it's just been honestly that just like don't have words. I guess <laughs> it's, it's been pretty surreal, but it, and like just a super humbling experience too because you just never really think something like that is like like something about you is gonna ever be that big. So it was just it was pretty crazy, <laughs> but it, it's been fun. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's a good thing that it's been fun I mean the stories have been all over and I think it's pretty crazy that like your family has been around the hilltops for so long because you have two older brothers um was it sort of just like a natural transition for you to join the team or was there was there a lot that, you, that went into it
2: um there was uh like yes and no like it was smoother than you'd think I guess but uh yeah because it wasn't like this long hard-fought battle to like get me on the team i suppose um essentially i was just i like bumped into one of my old valkyries coaches who also coached on the hilltops and he just very nonchalantly suggested that i should be on the team and i was like what (laughs) and then um after clarifying that yeah he was talking about the hilltops um we just had i was already going to be like a month too old if we had played this year so there was just some uh some hoops i guess to jump through in terms of um, my eligibility but um other than that like that was about it like we had to write a letter of appeal we had to get like approval from teams the like the commissioner of the cjfl and then yeah had to write a letter to the board to approve my eligibility and then yeah and then that got extended to next year too so yeah here we are
0: well I mean getting it extended was huge because even with COVID and everything I'm guessing you guys didn't get a chance to really practice didn't really get a chance to uh even have a season this year
2: no um yeah season got canceled but uh we actually did get to have like six weeks of practices with our team so that was uh that was good um it like started off like we were split into like two squads like top 50 future 50 and then um in the last three weeks we actually combined just because things were doing well in Saskatchewan but uh yeah and then we I think we our practices ended pretty much with the perfect timing of weather being terrible in Saskatchewan and with COVID getting worse so yeah we were able to at least get a get a little bit under our belt I guess
0: that's good a little team bonding and team building for next year right
2: yeah for sure
0: well, your stats are incredible last year in the WWCFL. I, yes, I'm a stat nerd. The guys know that. But you <laughs> led the league with 23 uh, tackles last year, which is incredible. In a, I think it was like a nine-game season or something.
2: Like yeah. <laughs> 23
0: tackles is not a bad stat line right there. Um, what do you think is your strength as a, as a defensive player that allows you to always be around the ball?
2: Um, I think – that I just, I don't know, I, gosh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think, uh, just like a pretty ball hungry, I guess. Like, I just want to be like, and like as a linebacker, it's like easier to like be involved with like almost every play. But I think it's just like, I just don't let myself let up, you know, like I think like if I can make a difference, I'm going to, and then I just kind of try and ball out pretty much every play. And uh, no matter like how much gas is in the tank, it just always try to make my best effort to, you know, be a difference maker in a game. So, um, I think that's kind of been one of my strengths is that I'm like almost a little bit of a try hard, I guess, <laughs> I just <laughs> want to do well. And I want to put my best foot forward to everything I do. And, um, so I think, yeah, just like, that's pretty much it. I think that's, at least like my attitude, I think it's kind of led me to that success.
0: Definitely a good answer. Um, or mm-hmm. I know you have some questions too, so i I'll do let you go next.
3: Well, first of all, congratulations on a great track and field career, um, as well as being the player for this Sas- Saskatoon, sorry, Hilltops. Um, mm-hmm. You sort of mentioned right now that you put your best game forward, like that's your goal. That you don't let up, like that's this type of style that you play. Did someone inspire that? That sort of mindset for you?
2: Um, yeah, actually, I guess uh, my brother actually, who played for the Hilltops, and he also went on to have a pretty successful football career. Um. People always talked about his motor that he like, that just never quit. Um, and yeah, he like, he had three or four years with the Hilltops. I don't even remember, which is terrible as a little sister, but, uh, and then he went to play with UBC for a couple seasons. And then he was with the Huskies for a couple seasons and then um, was even at one point drafted to the Red Blacks, but then things fell through. But so I guess, I uh, not to say that my oldest brother Anthony who also played for the Hilltops didn't inspire me in some ways but he was an O-lineman so I mean what different, you, game. Yeah. different game yeah um but Donovan as a defensive player on um, that was kind of there are honestly times where I'm like okay like I just got to channel my inner Donovan and <laughs> go for it
1: that's awesome thank you mm-hmm. um so with that with that position and stuff like that. What brought you to linebacker? Was it just something you were assigned to, or is it something that you automatically loved to do?
2: Um I I, I was assigned to it oh, in okay. my first year of playing. Um I will very uh transparently say that when I first started playing football, I did not even really know what a linebacker was. I was like, what is this? I thought maybe I would be like a DB or maybe I would be like a receiver running back. Like I did not, I even thought maybe a kicker cause I was a soccer player all my life. So I was like, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And then, uh, one of my, uh, our treasure, my first year of playing, who was also my flag football coach, she was like, nah, 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 you're going to go to linebacker and you're going to succeed there. And I was like, okay, <laughs> just gonna okay. stay there. That, just, that's just, worked, I,
1: just worked out in a way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what kind of support have you been getting from people recently with, with all the, with all the news around you?
2: Oh man, oh, just tons of support, honestly. Like I, um, I was pretty blown away that when the announcement was first made that like on pretty much all of my social media platforms, I had like hundreds of messages to respond to like texts, Instagram messages, Facebook messages. Like I, like i think spent probably at least 72 hours just trying to like respond to everyone and them saying thank you so much because they were all people that like i knew and loved um so yeah there's been a lot a lot of people who are like yeah like it makes sense like if there's going to be a lot of people who told me that if there was anyone to do it, it would be you and like yeah so i was pretty blown away by that really, really humbled by that and i mean i knew that there was going to be naysayers too but for the most part everyone has been pretty supportive <laughs>
1: there's always going to there's always going to be people that are traditionalists and don't like when things change obviously right so yeah that's just how things are
2: um Mm -hmm.
1: one little last question for me I guess is um growing up in a football family was there any pressure to get into football immediately or were you just drawn to it
2: oh my gosh yeah I I was just drawn to it no like I think my family (laughs) I think if it had been up to my brother's and my dad they probably wouldn't have want me to play football because I think they just didn't want me to get hurt you know what I mean like they know they understand the grittiness of it so yeah I don't think there was ever like pressure to play at all like that wasn't it like and um all of my siblings like had pretty successful athletic careers and uh like my one brother Fabian was like went on to play soccer for the Huskies for five years and um yeah, like we all just had our thing. You know, there was no pressure to do anything. Our, our parents just supported us pretty much wherever we went. Um, but I did always just kind of feel drawn to football, I guess. Like I always knew if there was ever like some sort of chance or opening for me to like try tackle football, I knew I wanted to. But it was just that I was involved in like XYZ sport first. And, <laughs> and that, yeah, it just kind of ended up falling into place though.
0: Transition from there.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly
0: it's awesome. Um, I want to build on one of the questions that Kyle said about the uh the support that you've gotten. And I'm gonna go more of the media side. The media has been all over this, and you've had you've got interviews with I know CBC. Uh recently you had one with Devin Haru, um, mm-hmm. who ironically I know pretty well. He's been in my class. I'm a sports journalism student, so he's been coming to talk to us. No way. Um, the uh, the media has been all over this. What have you taken from this media tour that it, that has benefited you the most, or that you can take moving forward?
2: Um. Yeah, the media was pretty overwhelming. I, I like. I knew that it was gonna create like some waves, like me being the first in the league. But I was honestly just like, kind of just focused on football. You know, I didn't think it was like that big of a deal. But then uh, when all of a sudden, like, my phone just, like, wouldn't stop buzzing from, like, different media outlets, I was like, oh, okay, this is, like, that's uh, – I kind of realized that this means something larger than just me playing football. Like, this is going to be something that, you know, hopefully, like, leads the way for other girls in sports, whatever that may be. So, um, yeah, I, I think it has just been a pretty, like – I, i'm pretty thankful that it's like sort get through that it's been it's been a huge part of it all i suppose
0: yeah. I, I don't doubt that for sure earth uh, one it looks like you have a question there. yeah
3: i do i actually do to build off of your answer there um you are the first woman to play for this league do you think that there's other players because you played in the WWCFL last season um, that can make the jump with you um maybe in the future or are there any players that stood out to you
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. There, man, like even my first year that I played Valkyries and like the fifth years, fifth, sixth years, maybe even more on that team, like there were incredible women athletes on that team. Like a lot of them were like post-university as well. And like, like the list of people who I think could have made this jump before me is like, I, I think it was just at that point when I think they were just like already too old like already hitting like 24 25 you know so but like man like it is just incredible and um but yeah like there's definitely some upcoming players like young upcoming players that i think could be pretty deadly um danae holinski on my team for example she's a d line and she's played football with boys her whole life she played tackle in high school and she's just like relentless on the field like you do not want to get hit by that girl um yeah and like even girls that are my age like Alex Elson our quarterback is amazing and yeah I don't know the list can go on honestly
1: there can be, um, there can be a countless amount of people I guess for sure <laughs> um all right I guess I'm gonna sneak in with for one more what um I know sorry I'm going off the board what can I say <laughs>
2: um
1: you, you said you had the six weeks of practice stuff but how are you staying ready for the coming season during this whole pandemic I know it's hard and everything with stuff being closed but
0: what, what are you trying to do to keep keep ready I'm going to add on to that even for your track and field stuff as well because that's obviously been canceled as well how are you sort of staying mentally focused for both
2: um well I actually am a graduated student so I am no longer doing oh, okay. track um so that's that's one thing I don't have to worry about I suppose <laughs> um but for football um Um, right now it's been just kind of focusing on lifting like just the strength and conditioning aspect like just making sure I'm staying like physically ready um just because I kind of from the six weeks I've realized okay I'm at a huge size disadvantage um so I like need to like make sure I am at least like physically ready I guess I suppose and then um this next few months I guess is just going to be sort of um yeah, just making sure that, like, I'm not letting, like, fears or doubts, like, get in my head and things like that, and just uh, watching as much football as I can, just kind of, like, stay in the sport and just, like, surround myself in it, I guess.
0: I got one more for you. Uh, I actually got a chance to talk to your defensive coordinator at the Hilltops um, yeah. about the recruitment of bring- and bringing you in and everything, and he said he never really thought too much of it because he, you, your family had always been around the Hilltops um how big of an impact do you think that has made to making the transition so smooth that you've always been around the team
2: yeah um it definitely yeah I think I I, again like yeah like I didn't even like think of it either like it was just kind of like yeah okay (laughs) um it definitely made it a lot smooth like I think if it like nobody in my family had like if I had never been around the hilltops and like nobody in my family had ever played for them I think it would have been a lot like oh my gosh this is like terrifying new territory but the fact that i mean it still kind of was terrifying but like the fact that like uh, two brothers go before me into this it was kind of like okay i'm just sort of like continuing the family name and like i'm familiar with the team and so that like definitely made it yeah just a little bit cleaner of a transition i think that people know who i am it's not like oh who is this random girl (laughs) who's like what (laughs) but yeah, so that uh, that actually kind of helps a lot. <laughs> but, for yeah.
0: sure. Well, Irfan, do you have any more questions before we wrap up? Or I got one more
3: because okay, I always want to know. It. I got. Sure. I want to know about the future. So after your season with the Hilltops, do you have any plans uh, to continue football after that? Like, what what's your game plan?
2: Yeah, um, kind of see where the wind takes us, I guess. But uh, I think I'll I'll um, hopefully. Go back to the WWCFL and keep playing with uh, the Valks, and um, I kind of had the goal of making Team Saskatchewan for nationals, and then uh, Team Canada for, and for Worlds because that was all supposed to be like unfolding this year right. um, for women's football. So I guess like my end goal is Team Canada, um, which lots of people have said that should hopefully. You know, be in my radar no problem but yeah that's that uh, that's kind of end game I think and then I don't know how how much longer I'll play football after that because I'm sure that'll be still a couple of years like more but mm-hmm. yeah and that'll already be like close to seven eight years of football and that's a lot for, <laughs> for uh, somebody so especially linebacker. but yeah, yeah. we'll we'll see
0: awesome yeah all right, well, that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by the Canada Kicking Academy. If you are looking for year round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com and follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. We're going to take a quick break here. Got a lot of sports to talk about. MRA, thank you for joining us. It was awesome. We can't wait to see how your season unfolds next year with the Hilltops, and we will definitely be following it very closely here. Um, so thank, thank you, you so guys. much thanks for coming thank you i
2: really appreciate you guys having me of course
0: anytime (laughs) we we got a full year of stuff to fill out so you can come on anytime you want all right we'll be back after this We are back. Let's get into a little NHL talk. And I want to start off quickly. ECHL cancels the North division. Um, Eight teams will not participate for next year. What do you think the impact is going to be on the season? Uh, I'll start with you, Kyle. Uh, How big of an impact do you think it'll be on the next season?
1: Um, I think it's going to be a huge impact. Obviously when you miss an entire division, um, it doesn't really help because the entire North division opted out. Um, plus two from the South, no, from, yes, from the South Division. Um, I think it's going to be a huge impact. Honestly, I think now that you're down to 18 teams rather than, you know, the 26 you started with, which even 26, you're not comparing to the NHL, which 31 teams, right? So um yeah. it, it definitely is going to have a huge impact. And they were talking about potentially starting at two different dates in the season, uh, you know, potentially starting... December and then a secondary part of the teams were starting in January. I can't say I really looked into how they were doing it, but it just looked like a weird start. Um, I could definitely see them if they lose, you know, potentially a couple, two, three more teams, I could see them not playing the season. Yeah. So uh, like if you're down to like 15 teams and you're basically almost at half of what you had, something's adding up and it doesn't look good. So for sure, they yeah, they have three, basically three weeks till their proposed start date. So I'm not sure if they're going to push that back or what's going to go on. But, um, yeah, it, it's definitely going to impact them for sure.
0: And Irfan, I'm going to repeat the question for you. Thanks. ECHL North Division, eight teams not playing next year. How big of an impact will this be on the league? I I,
3: I mean, anytime you're you're losing teams it changes the dynamic of of the season it changes the dynamic of the league so i mean i guess opting out is okay to do because we're in a different situation but at Absolutely. the same at the same time you're looking at the other teams going are they gonna eventually opt out like what's keeping them from saying that we want to we don't want to we want to keep playing right yeah. um i think it's just gonna be a decision we have to keep an eye out i know you said the seasons starting soon but if, if well, not
0: soon, it's still probably two months away. Oh, but... is it two
3: months away? I heard three weeks there. I was like, oh, three weeks. Yeah, All right.
0: Their their
1: proposed date was December 10th, but yeah. I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. So
3: yeah, so I think I think regardless of what we'll have to see how it is because like right now we were just talking to MRA about it, like how COVID numbers have have risen in our like our home city. So I mean, I don't know. I I, I really hope that there is a season for everybody's sake, but. We'll keep an eye out on it. To be honest,
0: oh, so I was talking. To, oh, go ahead.
1: Kyle. No, I'm saying I'm going to break down what what their proposed start was. Yeah. Um, so thirteen teams start December 11th. Uh, Allen, Florida, Greenville, Indy, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Orlando, Rapid City, South Carolina, Tulsa, Utah, Wheeling, and Wichita. So the All south start, and
0: the west division or whatever.
1: Uh, south and yes, I believe or uh, or central. Region. central central Central. yeah um so it's 13 teams beginning a 72 game season on december 11th and then on january 15th uh the remaining teams would start with a 62
3: game season Um, all right so in about three weeks the first batch ish or less what
1: i don't i don't understand though because that means one team is going to have 10 game lead on
0: I, i guess it's different divisions but so. they might do a no, win percentage not, or something. I don't know. It can't be different divisions. Cause there's only three divisions in the ECHL, isn't there? There's four. There's four. Yeah.
1: North, South, central and Western. I believe.
0: Whatever. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, they could make it work, but they, the North division had to cancel because the two Canadian teams, that was, that's the deal, right? Like that's kind of the situation. Um, but what does this impact the championship for 2020? Cause we've talked about the other leagues and people putting asterisks on the other leagues, but for the most part, all of the major leagues like NBA, NHL, MLS, they all finished the season for the most part with all 30 teams or 31 teams or whatever. Then they went through a full playoff with whoever made the playoffs. If you're starting a season down eight teams already, is it still a, like a legitimate championship like we i argued that it was still legitimate championships in all the other major sports is it still a legitimate championship we talked about it on 20 minutes on ice i, I don't think they can call this a legitimate championship i think they have to call it the COVID cup i don't <laughs> think they can give away the kelly cup this year mm-hmm. I, I just i don't think that's fair especially considering the reigning champion is one of the eight teams that is not playing right Irfan, like I, I, I just can't yeah. see it happening
3: well, see the way i i understand where you're coming from but the way i see it is if there is a season there's a potential for a champion right and i get that and that's why i'm
0: I'm saying there has to be like a recognized champion but i don't think they can give away the full echl championship the kelly cup because eight of the teams aren't participating right
3: yeah you know what maybe they could change the name call it like a challenge cup or something the way the nwsl sort of did and kind of subset out of that instead of having a main season but i mean regardless of what it is and i know the situation's tough is i mean i'd give it if you win and you went through a season of 52 games or 62 games or even 40 games and you came out on top i still think you're a champion because you found a way to get through that grind to get to the next level i mean albeit it's a it's a tough situation for all the teams especially the defending champions who are not able to play they would be like well we want to defend we'll be like then
0: but that's, that's what my that, that's, that's what a, my question is, right? Like, you yeah. know, I'll pose it to Kyle now. But like, if there's teams that aren't participating, who could potentially win the championship, right? Like, technically, everyone could win the championship. But if you're down a third of your league, is it really a true championship? Because those teams can't try to fight and try to prove that they're better.
1: Uh, um good question by the way the 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 final division is called the mountain division by the way just not west um just to put out there okay
0: um like you get where i'm coming from right kyle
1: i get, I get both sides to be honest i i truly do and i, I at, at a certain point it's one of those the teams that are still in can you really take away their chance to get a true championship no and because i don't think that they can... just didn't opt out right yeah. so it's one of those like it's it's not fair to them, but then again, it's also not fair to to the past winners and everybody who else opted out, potentially having a good season.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, to say that, oh yeah, by the way, you're not a champ anymore, you opted out, you don't get a chance to defend. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think I think they keep it as is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they change it. I just think it's it's one of those if more teams opt out, they'll cancel the whole thing. You won't, you don't have to have this conversation. Yeah. But if you leave it as is and nobody else opts out. I think they have to leave it as the the, the regular Kelly Cup. They're not going to change it. Then I don't think they're
0: going to bring in a new championship because I don't
1: think that they're really wanting to do that.
0: Well, they have two trophies. Let's not forget this. Yes. Because of the issues with the Colorado Eagles a few years ago, not giving the trophy back when they became an AHL squad. They technically have two trophies that they could use for the ECHL. And yeah. also, the one, the Kelly Cup is currently with the Growlers. Yeah. And they have to go get it.
3: Yeah, and they're not allowed
1: They have to, to right. go
0: take it from them. Yeah.
3: Uh, to add to Kyle, I was just reading a part of Sportsnet's um, uh, newscaster, sorry, article, right words. Um, it just says under the, the the terms of the CBA between ECHL and the Professional Hockey Players Association. So the players that are on those eight teams that have opted out, they become free agents. So yeah. if they decide to go play for teams that are. Already playing. I right. mean, that adds a little bit more legitimacy to to the season. Um, I'm I I mean, I don't know how it would work if their teams reinstate and come back to the league, but
0: well, those those eight teams have said they're not playing at all, regardless. Like they, so, they, then
3: they you could have champion players join up on a team and be like, "We'll make this the new home for if sure." Possible, and I, I get right?
0: that. and I understand that. I just it just seems weird to me to try to give away a trophy where not all of the teams that participate in the league. Um, are, aren't are playing It just It's odd And I know They're going to give away The Kelly Cup I want that very clear I yeah. know that's what's going to happen But I just wanted to have The conversation Should it happen I think that went well mm-hmm. um, Let's move on to the NHL And I mentioned well, it's, it already it's, 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 un, it's unprecedented That's the biggest thing right? so. The whole year Has been unprecedented We're all trying to figure out How to just get by At this point in time Hell we just went into Lockdown here in the GTA So Well sorry We haven't gone into lockdown Monday we're in lockdown In the yep. GTA
1: monday yeah, you, you won't be seeing my face outside my door as, as of monday so.
0: well we'll get into it after off air there's there's some questions i have about it but nhl dropped the reverse retro jerseys we talked about them last weekend really briefly um some good some not so good them surprised us. I've done... This is now my third show that I'm going to talk about them, so let's just get right into it. Um, I want you each to give me, like, your top three and your bottom three. We'll start with the top three. Kyle, do you want to take it away?
1: Um, Sure. Um, I'm kind of
3: torn,
0: personally, because I have, like, a top five. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll let you do top five. I just didn't want you to give me, like, ten. Five no. I will allow.
3: List them all.
0: So, so top, top five, I... I personally like the Kings ones the best. Thank you. Um, I'm with you on that one. They are the best by far.
1: I love I love the Kings ones. Um, I'll give a shout out to you, Nick. I, I love the Nordiques ones. Um, they're clean. They're- the colors look great. I was surprised uh, by that
0: one, and I'll get into that when I get to talk.
1: But- I personally, I love the Caps one as well. I love them bringing in the, the classic Caps logo with the new colors. Um and then the other two I like personally, I love the Flames one. That's yeah. that Flames jersey. That was my jersey that I loved. That was like, the, the horse was just the one. Like, the I, I'm buying a jersey. Out. It's as simple as that. The logo uh, stands out. So, yeah. And then finally, I was torn between these two, but I'm going to go with Buffalo Sabres. I love the color scheme. I love the logo. I love that. The only other one I was thinking about would be Arizona, but it's just too freaking weird for me. I can't, I can't do that. So, that's my top.
3: give me your tops uh top three i really like the buffalo one i like the colors i like how they have the the saber on the on the shoulder pads yes. like the the dominic hashik esque ones and then they have their their original logo i mean they also have buffalo across the bottom which i know nick you weren't a fan of but to be quite honest with you i don't mind it because i like the whole scheme of The jersey um the next one is definitely the the nordique fleur look that uh, they brought in i like the fact that it's like the nordique look but the colors of the avalanche to show like that transition so big fan of that one and then my third uh honestly i didn't mind okay you guys are gonna laugh at me but i didn't mind uh, the coyotes jerseys at all like compared to their kachina jerseys i liked these ones more and, and no. I, but I but i also told you that last time that i wasn't a fan of those jerseys but for some reason i saw the orange i saw the purple uh, i don't know i like the desert look i like the desert feel to it um and because you gave me that response i'll give you one more um i thought the Montreal canadians one was very clean i know it's an inverse but it looked very much like their hamilton um affiliate from a couple years ago like that inverse look but i like i like the cleanliness of it for sure
0: yeah no, um, Irfan, uh,
3: Okay, you hold don't on. Like the
0: Kachina jersey, why? <laughs> oh, well, I told you confused. guys this.
3: I I didn't like it the last time. I will say one thing though that um a lot of these jerseys, um if you look at where the models or the actors are, um they're like behind screens that are, they're, they're not complementing the jerseys very much. I think they're, they're the same like color the, as the jersey. Yeah, I don't like that because then I because like some of the the kits like could look better if they weren't with the primary color in the background, I think. Um I don't know. That's just a personal opinion based on what I've seen. And I know Kyle's still shaking his head at his at my Kachina comment, but I I, I don't know.
1: Don't disrespect my Kachina jerseys, man. I'm <laughs> not
3: disrespecting. I'm just saying that they weren't my favorite ever and I like the new ones more, but that's because I, I, I'm with you on
1: liking the Arizona ones, don't worry. They they were just outside my top five. So yeah.
0: So they're they're outside of my top as well. Um the one thing with the, the jersey i feel like they needed to add more color on the shoulder mm-hmm. like if they had like a uh, like a dividing orange line sort of just to give it something on the shoulder because it just looks so separated from everything else yep. that it just it just kind of doesn't look together that was my like one a, thing and that's purple why night
3: sky in. like a night pur- purple night sky or something and then it transitions to a dark night and then it's like the desert so like a transition of days
0: whoa well, <laughs> <laughs> way too right soldiers.
3: No, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> I overlooked this. I don't know. I really like this jersey. That's why I kind of looked into it like that. So
0: it's an interesting look. And okay. I I I don't hate it. It just didn't make my top three. Uh Kyle nailed like all of mine, but uh King's number one, no question about it for me. I love that jersey. I think it's very, very clean. Uh Colorado surprised me. And this the reason that Colorado surprised me was when they were teasing it, I was really concerned that they were gonna go with the Quebec Nordique style. And use like a current version of the logo so either the colorado rockies one that they have on the third jersey or their actual normal logo and i'm like god this is going to look awful but they kept the nordiques logo mm. and what they did was they used the maroon instead of the original red with the original light blue and i think it just meshed really nicely because i was worried that they were going to also change the blue and it just wasn't going to look right i think they did a great job with it uh, Possibly. So you could
3: transition between the Nordiques to the apps. Yeah, I like possibly
0: them. might try to get one not gonna lie. Um, go figure. I do You're I think the stay. Chicago one is fine. I think the Hartford one is fine, but I think my my third one is uh, the Montreal one as well. I, I like the I like the Jersey and I normally like Montreal jerseys don't change. Um, I was saying this on 20 Minutes on Ice, and Ryan's like, oh, I don't think they're going to stay because Montreal likes their tradition. I don't know. Like, these just look clean as a nice third jersey, and it keeps a tradition of the same style jersey. You have They haven't really changed much since they've been in the league. So to keep the same sort of style and not go crazy like, I don't know, Arizona is probably a good thing. Uh, Kyle, by the way, I both of your Capitals and Buffalo ones, my biggest complaint about both of them is the fact that they say buffalo and capitals on them i just think it just i thought about when they had those jerseys i thought it looked stupid bringing it back i thought it's just stupid but the buffalo one is very clean i will give you that um let's go to our worst and our fun we'll start with you bottom three my friend um there's a lot that could fall down there by the way
3: yeah i feel like a lot of teams swung and missed completely i mean I think you'll you'll hit the ones that you didn't like, but uh, the ones I thought could be better. For example, so I'll do the mediocre ones that could have got to the next level. Um, the Ottawa one, I don't understand the full red look. I think I would have gone like the Peter Bondra era. No, not sorry, Peter Bondra, Peter Schaefer era of like early two thousands of um, like that dark black gold trim sort of look. I think I would have probably tossed that in as my retro because I I really like that one. Um, I think Philly could have gone with their black kits as well, like the Lindros early two thousands again or early two thousands, but I think that would have been better. And well, then they're Pittsburgh... going reverses,
0: right? They're so they're, reverse, that's the whole point. They have to yeah. like take an old jersey and reverse the colors
3: around. Oh, I guess. All right, but oh anyway, wasn't a fan of that one. And then I think Pittsburgh should have <laughs> I think Pittsburgh should it. have uh Pittsburgh should have put the the old penguin on the on the patches or something, like the the one from Like the early days, not the the recent one, because the one I'm looking at, it's just the it's their current logo that's on it, right? So I would have probably gone back to the older one. It would have probably made it better, in my opinion. But again, these are just middle esque. What about your
0: bottom three though? That was what the question was. (laughs) Well, I
3: know you said bottom three, but I feel like you're gonna you're gonna nail those really well. Like I didn't like the Leafs one. Um, I didn't like Vegas and I I didn't like the Jets. Um I mean, those probably were stinkers. I mean, the Isles just made it everything. They pressed control bolt. That's all they did. They bolded it. I um, actually
0: don't mind the Isles jersey because there's not a lot to it, but I like the blue. I think it mes- meshes well with their color scheme because um, it's not a normal blue.
3: I think the the, the Dallas Stars missed completely, oh, yeah. um, oh, yeah. and so did Detroit there, but the Dallas Stars could have gotten a Minnesota North Stars look or something or their old uh, Dallas Stars look or something know. i don't know they just they miss completely with whatever they have and so did detroit they're I like ready oh to
0: jump in i love it no I
3: uh, just,
1: the, the wild one with the north stars colors that's why they dallas didn't yeah that's why yeah i
3: know for sure yeah um but detroit probably was like 11 50 p.m just before deadline and crap scrap. we forgot this is what happens <laughs> when gray you lines on oh <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i i kyle i'll pass it on to you what were your worst ones
1: I don't know, did you do like a bottom fifteen? Is that we just did there? Pretty much. They were all crap. I'm sorry. Like the
3: ones I just listed, I was like, um, I going, said I go mediocre."
1: I'm, I'm going uh, bottom five for me. Okay. Um, so at the very bottom team. is the Detroit wearing practice jerseys. Uh, okay. Um, Can
0: we just put together the practice jersey uh, division? Because there's like five jerseys that I could say are practice jerseys. Right. Uh, Detroit for sure. Dallas, I would call a modified practice jersey. Fair, fair. Um, who was the other there was a couple of Ottawa I would throw in as a practice a dark jersey course. uh New York I would throw in as a practice jersey because they just have three lines on the sleeve for the Rangers Rangers but
1: to be honest the Rangers that that one that one works though
0: like but you know what I mean like it looks like, like a
1: practice it's, it's a jersey. boring jersey but that works for the Rangers and how their logo is because their logo is the biggest part of that jersey yeah with the throwback uh Statue of Liberty right yeah. like that's That 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 should that works for me. Like the Ottawa Ottawa one I don't mind. It could be better. The reason why it doesn't look better is because it's the old logo they went back to. Yeah. That's the problem. If they had their newer logo on that color, I think it would have looked a lot better. Yeah. But obviously with changing their logo, now it just looks like it's supposed to be just a regular jersey. So um but yeah, so Detroit's dead last for me. Um a hot second last is San Jose Sharks, which looks absolutely dog shit um you cannot change the teal on that jersey the teal is the biggest part of the jersey and i get it's re- reverse i get that but the teal is what makes san jose and you cannot go
3: gray that just doesn't work didn't that they have something similar me, guess- did they have had- something similar during think- the vincent damfus era
1: i think that, i think that was like their alternate jersey i think it was very similar but they had a, they definitely had a gray version i don't think they had the mm. teal as much involved yeah, i don't think it
0: had as much teal but yeah
1: be- um Uh third last uh Toronto.
3: Terrible, absolutely terrible. Awful. Uh, it looks more like pullover hoodies than
0: actual.
1: I literally thought he was wearing a hoodie. I didn't realize it was a jersey with a
3: hoodie underneath. I honestly thought it was just a hoodie.
1: Well, that
0: was that was just poor planning by the the NHL because all of these people are wearing a hoodie underneath. So when they were doing like the teaser picks, I don't know if you notice this, but like for Colorado, for instance, the person was wearing a maroon like shaped hoodie. And I thought it was part of the jersey design at the top mm. just because of where the, how they took the picture. And I'm like, that's going to look awful. And then I realized it was a hoodie. I'm like, okay, that's not that bad then.
1: Well, and it looks like half these jerseys have strings, but it's just the drawstrings from the hoodies.
0: Yeah. They're, like, they're really, come on. Figure I think out. everyone
3: should have been in a tee underneath or something because there's like half aren't sweaters
0: and half aren't.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also because I'm pretty sure they took it in the city. So, like, in Toronto, it was probably freezing that day. That's probably why they did it.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. but then they have the guy in the St. Louis jerseys. It doesn't look like he has anything on underneath. Uh, yeah. Vancouver, uh, Washington. It's weird. Like, some of them do, some of them don't. Just so inconsistent.
3: Uh, someone's wearing a turtleneck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, continue, Kyle. You're at four, I think, now, right? Yeah, so
3: number four, the Jets. Terrible jersey.
0: Absolutely terrible You could have done
1: So many different things With that Especially if you're Going to go potentially Atlanta Thrashers days You could have done So many different things You could have To be honest I think If you were to change it And you do the Like the, the Atlanta thrash jersey which it's the Winnipeg Down the sleeve
0: Oh it would have looked so the, good Oh thrashers.
1: yeah Like you could have done So many great things With that jersey could have And been. they go great
0: They opted out Like Detroit yeah. Um, finally, Pittsburgh's dog shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my worst, actually, hold on. I'm going to go to, I'm going to do one that I think was like almost good, but just missed. Um, and it's Anaheim. And the only reason it just missed, and this is because I like paid way too much attention to the Mighty Duck jersey back then, mm-hmm. is that they didn't reverse the jersey on the actual character. Yeah, so The old jersey, it was a teal jersey, and the character had a white jersey on him, right? They didn't make the jersey on the duck this time teal on the new white jersey, which sort of makes it sort of fade into the jersey a little bit too much, in my opinion. Had they made that jersey teal on the duck, that would have popped so much, and it probably would have made this jersey so much better. Yeah. I'd-
3: yeah, well, I'm a huge Ducks jersey, like the retro one, like you you know this, like I absolutely love their their 95 to whatever, but I think everything except for that cartoon logo on the front really just didn't sit with, well with me. I think if they did something else with the middle portion, like you said, like maybe inverse the color that maybe would have improved it would have so much. Yeah, more. but like other than that, like that, that jersey is really nice. It's just yeah. that logo is a mess,
0: in my opinion. Um, okay. I'll get into my bottom three. We'll go third last. I really, really don't like the Columbus Jersey. I think they just went with a bunch of big solid lines and just said, we're going to make them. Every other color is going to be red and we'll throw white and blue randomly in between. Like there, it doesn't look like there was a whole lot of thought put into that Jersey, in my opinion. And red is not a very Columbus y color. I know it's their secondary color, but have you ever seen them in a red jersey? Like really? Just doesn't look right. Um there. Huh? When I play NHL in, in red jerseys. Okay. <laughs> and no, I'm just I'm just right.
1: saying that that's that's when I see them in red, because I, I change the jerseys and make them red jerseys.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't look right. Um My second last is the leaf one. And there's so many things wrong with this leaf one. The numbers and the logo are too big. If you actually look at like the jerseys overall, they made the logo way too big for the Jersey and they made the numbers massive. They also went with the outline numbers as opposed to actual colored numbers because that's the old broadcast numbers that they used to need because cameras couldn't pick up the distinguished numbers. They actually had to outline the numbers so that the cameras could pick them up. You don't need that anymore because the cameras are like Thousand times better than they used to be, they just don't look right, and the gray is awful. Just it's not even a good gray, it's just an awful gray. And then my last place one is the Vegas one because they just tried to do way too much with something that they didn't need to do way too much with. They put three different Vegas teams together from history. The logo is fantastic, don't get me wrong, but the actual jersey just it does not say Vegas Golden Knights to me. It says Vegas Clowns.
3: Or you know the, the doesn't it, the swords look reminiscent of um, Mark Andre Fleury's uh, agent? That's what they look like. So like when I see this picture, I think of I think of uh, a dagger through the back of uh, or the sword through Fleury's back. Like that doesn't look like a jersey to me. It looks like some sort of symbol that means he wants out. Wow! First time they wear the jerseys. Blurring. yeah that's exactly what just so the memes can come out wow
0: Did um question yes sir
1: what are your guys' thoughts on the st louis
0: jerseys i personally love them um i don't mind them at all actually i was surprised by them hmm. um i thought like that the, doing that jersey because that was a very specific jersey for them doing hmm. that jersey could have resulted in a very very awful jersey and I think it just came across as it's fine. Like it's, I would not go out and buy it for myself, but. I think it looked good though on it, the ice. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to look bad on the ice, especially if they do the right thing with the pants and the helmets and everything, like they should be fine. Yeah. What like, about
3: the Tampa one? Tampa, like uh, the problem with like
1: Tampa and Columbus, like those two jerseys. Yeah. I like them. Hmm. It's because their jerseys were so God awful before.
0: Yeah. That's the problem. The, the
1: you, you, if you inverse them, they're still god awful. Mm. That's the only problem. Like the Columbus one, I think is better than the Tampa one, to be honest. Okay.
0: Um,
1: I just, I like that collect, I like the classic Columbus logo. That's yeah, I do
0: like cool. the logo on that one. I will give you um, that. I like the logo on it,
1: right? Compared to the Lightning logo, which was their jerseys and their logo before were just boring. Right, mm. like they, they, kind of, they kind of upped their logo a little bit, made it a little more flashy, a little bit more standout now, comparatively. So, like, there's that. Um, but then, like, I, I like the New Jersey one. I like the dark green with the red. I I do like that. And then the that Minnesota. was yeah, that's my sort Minnesota with the North Stars colors. I, it's clean. It's like I like that too. So okay,
0: here's my here's my one qualm, and a lot of these jerseys uh, do this. What do you guys think of teams changing the color of the logo? For things like I was, I'm totally against it. Like that Minnesota wild logo does not look right in those colors. In my opinion, uh, the Dallas stars logo where they changed the letters and everything to kind of like an off white for a white Jersey just looks wrong to me. Even mm-hmm. there's some of them that look fine. Like the Capitals one, I, I will say looks good with the new colors. But then you go over to Winnipeg, and the Winnipeg one just looks wrong in the in the two double blue on white, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know what your guys' opinion is on that, Kyle. I'll hit you first. But.
1: Well, I was going to say, the, the, the Winnipeg one with the, the Winnipeg and, like, the whatever you want to call it,
0: blue, baby blue. The double blue, yeah.
1: Some sort of other blue. The, the Winnipeg just gets lost, to be honest. But, yeah. Um,
3: I didn't even notice the Winnipeg. <laughs> that was a blur. For this jersey –
0: I think oh.
1: it's okay for the Minnesota at least because the Minnesota logo, if you had dark green and red on that Jersey it would look stupid.
0: I get that. But why they could have also done like, they could have gone with a word mark, right? Like could have gone like wild or something across it or something like that, as opposed to changing the color of the logo. I just hate when teams change the color of the logo just to match a Jersey but specific Minnesota
1: does that all the time though right cuz when, when if you look at that, out. Yeah. If you look at like their dark green jerseys they change Minnesota Wild to be in a cream color to match to to go with the jersey yeah and then their Minnesota Wild logos they have the dark green and they have what the, the white one which you can put the logo on anything so i think if you were to have put Minnesota Wild or wild or whatever it may be i think it would have missed the mark comparatively mm. to what their logo is and what it represents as well as the star being in the Minnesota logo, too. Yeah. Kind of at least means like they had to stay at least on this one. They had to switch the colors.
0: OK, fair enough.
1: Yeah. Like the Dallas Stars one is a whole other story. But the Minnesota Wild one, I think it, it is justified.
0: OK, fair enough. Uh, Irfan, did you want to add anything or?
3: No, that was good. Yeah.
0: OK. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with some NBA talk right after this. We are back, MBA boys. Let's get right into it. NBA draft happened this week. Free agency started yesterday. Um, I want to get your opinions on the draft really, really quickly. Biggest surprise from the draft? That's really all I want to know. Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. If you're ready.
1: Um, biggest surprise in the draft? I honestly i i'm i'm surprised with how many picks the Thunder have. <laughs> Why are you surprised with that? They've been collecting
0: for, like, eight years.
1: I, I know. It's just – but I never put it in your perspective. Like, they make trades here and there and stuff like that. It gets first-round picks. Yeah, you, you don't think about that. And then, all of a sudden, they're picking three, four times in the draft. You're like, wait, wait, wait whoa, whoa, oh, crap. It's all, like, up right now. So. Oh, look, thunder, 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 yeah. thunder, thunder. <laughs> and then, all of a sudden, they, they trade it and uh, get picks. For them. And now, today, they make the trade with Steven Adams, get another first-round pick. So, yeah. It's just, um, I guess the biggest surprise is kind of ball falling number three, but at the same time, in my opinion, it is not a surprise. No, it's um, not a surprise
0: to me. But yeah, I get what you're saying. But
1: it's one of those. And then, um, who did Chicago take at number four? I think that was probably the biggest surprise, actually.
0: Uh, Patrick Williams. That up. But that was yeah. that was rumored like two weeks ago that they wanted Patrick. So that's yeah. That's... But
1: just with with everybody available on the board, I don't think that was the right pick. Yeah. And, and and to me that was surprising. The best was I saw a video of a, of a Bulls fan being going like, "Who? <laughs> like we, clearly we, not we, a very
0: good Bulls fan." We drafted Broncos who? So, erfon yeah. uh, uh, do you yeah. want to add yours?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Ball. Like, I I still think he went higher than anything. Uh, I think he's a mid first round pick in my opinion. Because I still think there's parts of his game that have so many holes like he's gonna be a great passer don't get me wrong but there's other parts of his game that need to improve and i also don't want to deal with his dad if i'm management or anything of the sort like that's yeah, but you that's... know
0: what he landed in the one place where michael is just not gonna put up with shit like yeah like michael he, i know. will pull lavar aside and be like hey you suck shut
3: up yeah i know i know and then lavar is <laughs> like i'm down for a pay-per-view versus mj and i was like no you were no no one's gonna I don't want to watch that like maybe okay maybe for betting wise I'll watch it but um I don't know like I I think he he went the
0: wheels turning in Kyle's head there for a second yeah
3: no I think he (laughs) he went too high I think he's a mid first round to a late first round pick just because he hasn't played enough in my opinion these the other kids have and that's that's great I'll give you. One more surprise, I guess, or actually two more, just quick ones. Uh No Duke players in the first round uh since 2010. I thought that was a little shocking. But again, Duke didn't have a great year after Zion left. I mean, they were good, but they weren't like, oh, we're going to blow you away with the stars that we have.
0: Well, they also, uh, like, most of the players stayed. Yeah. That was the other thing, right? That was
3: the other thing. And then I, I actually like what the Knicks did. Back with
0: Duke. Yeah. What did um, you say, Kyle?
1: So there's the Nick backup of Duke to trying to defend his. Well, no, like I'm just, no, no, I'm just no, making no, The only
0: like the only player that really came out of Duke this year was Trey Jones. Like mm-hmm. Cassius Stanley stayed back. All of the all of the mm-hmm. rookies stayed back. Right, who could have probably been potential first round pick. They all stayed. So that's why you, this is the first year for since in a long time that we haven't had a Duke guy in the top. That's also true.
3: Round. Yeah. Um, one more surprise. Sorry, uh, the Knicks. I liked what they did. Um, uh, yeah. picking up, you know, we'll a guy of. Be- yeah. Picking that guy up. I think he's good. And I know it might be a stretch to get quickly in the, uh, later in the round or whatever, but I think that's pretty good for what the Knicks are doing. I, I'm actually surprised that they, they had two good draft picks. Like I'm, I'm cool with how they went. Um, can't believe I said that, but I'm, I'm actually okay with how they went.
0: And you also have to add in that they also got the Thunder 25th pick. After it was dealt to the Timberwolves and then it was traded to the Knicks. That's also true. Yeah. Quickly, right? So, yeah, I thought they they were really
3: smart. I mean, this actually bodes well for them if they're trying to rope in some new high level GM that can actually take over.
0: Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, My two biggest surprises are uh, Denny Avdia falling to nine. He was a top four. He should have gone to the bulls is what everyone was saying. So the fact that he dropped to nine is a bit of a surprise. And the other guy who fell was Tyrese Halliburton, another top five pick. He dropped all the way down to 12 and fell into the King's lap. And I guarantee they were running up the board. So yeah. saw him there still a um, couple big names going into last year that ended up falling that I guess is just a little bit of a surprise, but after the way they played, maybe not so much uh, Cole, Anthony, Uh, fell to number 15 he was supposed to be a top two pick come after he came into uh, unc last year but he struggled at unc and he didn't really find his footing now he falls down to 15 and the other one was rj hampton um he fell to 24 but he didn't have a great year anyway because he was playing mostly bench minutes uh in the pro league that he was in Let's switch over to the NBA free agency, and I needed to pay more attention clearly because everything happened last night while I was uh, offline. Um, Kyle, big moves. You want to recap some of the big ones for us?
1: Uh Sure. Um, I'll go with my most surprising is Montrezl Harrell going to the Lakers. Um, that was probably my most surprising. Everyone's like, wait a
0: minute, why? <laughs> that didn't
3: make sense. I agree.
1: To be honest, it is a great move for the Lakers, and it's a great move for barrel um, away
3: from the Clippers. That's the I biggest. So thing. dumb on their part. Sorry.
1: And it's the Clippers letting him go is a big mistake. Yeah. Um, but that that's personally. So uh, I'll go through a couple of these. Um, not so much free agency, but more just De- De'Aaron Fox re-ups for a five-year max deal, 163 Still million. Still part of free so.
0: agency. I like that move though. That's a good move for him. Um, good on
1: that. The, another one that surprised me was Washington re, re-signing Burtons for five years, $80 million. Um Who? Burtons. I, I don't know. Actually, Clearly actually, you don't
0: watch enough Washington games. I have no idea who that is. Uh, he, he's, a,
1: he's a forward. Uh, he's like a stretch, stretch forward type thing. Um, okay. I, I don't know 80 enough. Mil?
0: That's a lot.
1: Yeah. That's uh, a lot. Harris re Signs with the Nets, uh, four years, seventy-five mil. Yeah. Uh, Mike Marcus Morris, four years, sixty-four mil with the Clippers. Resigns. Yep. I'm assuming it's probably more because of the new Harold was going to be gone. So. Yeah. Um, a good move for the Hawks. Hawks sign uh, Danilo Gallinari, three yes, years, that. sixty-one that was... and a half million dollars. So there's that. Um, Pistons sign Jeremy Grant it is okay. Uh, I'm kind of surprised Jordan Clarkson got as much money as he did, to be honest. So um, with $52 million over four years, it's kind of a lot of money for a bench guy. Yeah. Um, Rocket signing Wood, um, I think is actually a great move. Um, Three years, $41 million. It's actually not that that much money. Uh, What else? What other ones are important? Uh, Didn't Howard sign somewhere?
3: Yep. 76ers, Philadelphia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, talk about Boyd Howard doses. No, but it, he was you can't deny he was actually a pretty integral part of that Lakers team through the playoffs. He made he made a big impact, yeah. um, giving giving some space for Anthony Davis and creating a absolutely shutdown uh in the post.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I agree. He, he definitely played his part for sure. Um I wouldn't call him an impact free agent by any means. I wouldn't
0: necessarily. Uh, I think it's more of an impact on the Lakers losing him, as opposed to him making an impact on his new team, unless they can find a way to use him the same way the Lakers did. Like it, I, it makes I, a bigger I, impact on the Lakers.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think the biggest impact is the fact that Anthony Davis said he's not going to immediately resign with the Lakers. He's going to field offers from other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though we all know he's going back to the Lakers. For sure, unless somebody intrigues him with something else. I don't know what else they can offer him really, because obviously the Lakers can give him an extra year and more money.
0: Uh, uh, can they? Uh, yeah, they was worked. because he was, I thought he was only there for his for one year. I thought they couldn't do it for if it's the last year. I I, I don't know. I have to check that. I always get that confused because that, um, that is the weirdest rule to me sometimes. But but either
1: way, like the fact that he's even listening to the, the little offers is interesting. Like I'm not how much. Do you
0: think, how much do you think the uh, playing second fiddle to LeBron has an impact on that?
1: I think that's the only way he's got his ring. I think that's the only way he's going to win. I agree.
0: No, I agree with that. But I'm saying for a player like Davis, who every every stage was told he was going to be like the next big thing after LeBron, right? And then he got yeah. to the Pelicans and he struggled there because A, he got kept getting injured and he had a god-awful team until they got Boogie, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when they had boogie, they looked really good for a month and a half while they were both healthy. Yeah. <laughs> But then he goes to the Lakers, gets his ring, but does he want to still play behind LeBron, who he's he was supposed to be the heir apparent to? I don't know, to be honest. I'm just wondering how much that's affecting it, really. It, it, like, it definitely could be a factor.
1: I, I cannot tell you how much, obviously. Yeah. But like, I, think, I think now that he, is, uh, he has his ring, he's just going for money now. Yeah. Uh,
0: same with Freddie, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Irfan, what do you think about that?
3: Uh, about davis i think yeah i think he re-signs with the lakers i think the only reason he's saying i'm fielding options is to see what teams might be able to offer him or bridge him in or something like that like let's say the raptors were to offer him a say, contract be, you know what i mean interesting fit for like just 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 offer him a contract in case they lose Serge baca for example like a, a big man and they, they don't have paul uh right all right like he yeah. might not be around so like does that intrigue him to come to canada's
0: only team for example well, um, listen to this. Listen to this. This random triangle. Dwight Howard leaves. The Lakers are trying to fill a center role. They take Gasol. Yep. From the Raptors, and then we somehow pinch Davis to come up to Toronto to fill the role to fill the void of Gasol. Like that is a very interesting possibility, and I think. To see. I guess
3: The other thing is,
0: do we want uh, Giannis instead? Like, well, that's the other thing because like we would be offering him max, and then next year we would probably still have one max available. I believe, right? It's three.
3: Uh. Well, I mean, if they give
0: Fred a max this year, then no. Well, I'm. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, right? if it all depends on Fred, but um, there's still a possibility they could get Giannis. And having a player like Davis, because I think Giannis and Davis would actually complement each other, because Davis wants to be in the post. Giannis does not want to be in the post on defense. But
3: the, but my question is, if Davis leaves the Lakers because he wants to be the number one guy, if Giannis comes to Toronto, for example, is he going to necessarily be the number one guy? That's like that's the question. That's a, yeah, sure, you know? But
0: if he's signed, he can't do anything. Is what I'm no,
3: saying. I mean, but then he would probably ask the Raptors for a future plan. It's like, what's your what's yeah, your end goal fair. with me? You know 100%. What I mean? 100%. But I don't see him leaving the Lakers. I think when LeBron leaves in two years, yeah. excuse me, in two years, three years, I mean, it's still Anthony Davis's team. Yeah, I mean, like, I he agree. was... Yeah. Uh, I'll give honest, you one... Yeah, sorry. sorry.
1: Any contract that Davis would sign would have opt-outs after two, three years. Yeah.
0: But I'm saying, like, for at least the next year if we sign Giannis as well. Again, this is, like, super optimistic because it's Raptors no. media, but... Yeah. Uh, when you want to add one more, yeah,
3: you know what surprised me the most is that uh, Chris Paul trade. Um, I think that's a little bit much, in my opinion. Like, he, like, in the return for Paul, and they got Abdul Nader, uh, the Thunder received Kelly Obrey, uh, Ricky really Rubio, oops. uh, Ty Jerome, Jalen Luck, uh, and a 2022 first round pick from the Suns. I mean, yeah, I I, I get why Chris Paul is coveted I think he's a very good player but at at an age of 33 over his 30s it seems like a bit of a stretch like uh, is he worth that many players it might just be a salary shift
0: uh salary shift um Uh they needed to get rid of Rubio because they need a spot on the point guard that's true depth chart for Chris Paul so Rubio was going if Paul was coming in Ubre was the add-in for the salary cap and the other two guys were probably throw-ins for salary cap reasons as well. Yeah, so the trade really comes down to Ubre and a first for Chris Paul. Basically, the other guys were more just add-ins so that they yeah. Can just sh- seems like a lot stuff. of. So I'm okay with that trade, honestly, for the, yeah. the amount they're getting. But yeah, I get what you're saying for sure.
3: It's a little bit surprising, just because I mean, you're looking at if you put it side by side, it's a lot for I guess Chris Paul. But when you break it down and yeah. you minus some you know, salary issues and there's that. You gotta and think, you got
0: to think these through, man.
3: No, I know. I just, I, I look at it at a first, first yeah, picture. First glance, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Bucks kind of picked up True Holiday, which was interesting. Um, again, a lot of pieces moving. There was a lot of fun trades going on. There's like two, three, four teams involved in the trades, which yeah. was interesting this year. Um, but again, again, I don't know what the market is for some of these key marquee players. So to me, when I see like five, Things getting moved around and go is that a lot? It feels like a lot, but again, um, it it depends on what they're valued by the the opposing general manager.
0: Yep, and um, I think we're going to see a few more, especially with the Clay Thompson injury news. Oh, that's rough. How do the how do the Warriors sort of rebound and retool with that? Right. Listen,
3: they picked up a good pick for number two. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. But um, what else are they going to have to do to be competitive in the uh, in the West? To
1: be honest, nothing.
0: Do you think just getting Steph back is going to be enough?
1: They Steph back, and they have Wiggins can fill in for where uh, Clay left off. I, I Maybe.
0: think no, but I mean, like Thompson was also a good defensive player. Is Wiggins up to that category, or do you need to bring in another guy in the three to sort of help? facilitate some defensive stuff how, how like what other moves it doesn't i'm not saying they have to go get a big guy i'm just saying what else are they going to do to try to retool to work around the team that they currently have because let's be honest this team was Steph and clay
2: right uh, yeah
0: you and lose clay honest, what do you have to do
1: the biggest thing is they need bench that, that was the biggest problem in the playoffs was they had no bench pieces that could have really compliment anybody right um and I, I think um i think that's the, probably their biggest piece they don't need they may need you. may see a shooting a shooting guard or a, a small forward potentially to fill in between, whether it be Wiggins or yeah. uh, whoever else plays. I don't know who else would be there, but yeah.
3: Well, um, John Wall wants to be traded, so I mean that could be a potential big name move. I don't think will happen, but I mean if, if the Warriors are going to make a splash and they want someone that point that guard, that makes
0: sense though, because you're bringing a point guard to play behind staff, and John Wall is not a bench player. No. <laughs>
3: You know, would be... that, that also be true i'm just just based well, on who wants like to, to leave but the only thing is to
1: get bradley Beal, you would have had to give up that second overall pick yeah because washington's not going to take golden state's pick this year or next year because they're going to have clay and staff the entire time and it's going to be a yeah. 20s pick compared to a second no. overall pick so um i don't know if the warriors have anything really to to, to offer really no. um as whether we obviously just picks, obviously, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, supporting pieces, I don't really know who else you could offer from that team. I no uh,
3: idea, they're going to have to dip into the, the free agent market, I think, and see yeah. who they can pay out.
0: Let's transition. I think that's enough NBA talk for all of us. Let's transition to MLS. Uh, quickly, playoffs started. Well, sort of, they started last night. Um, but they officially start tonight with the first-round matchups in the East that were already set. We got Orlando versus NYC FC and Columbus versus the New York Red Bulls. And then out West tomorrow, we have Sporting KC, San Jose, Minnesota, Colorado, Portland, Dallas uh, in the first-round matchups as well. Um, lots of intriguing first-round matchups here, I will say that. TFC will get to play Nashville after they beat up on a very depleted inter miami squad in the play-in round and the new england revs will also play against hold on uh, philly in their first round matchup after they won against montreal in stoppage time or fun you guys talked about this on touchline thoughts this week 10. with uh brady reed what are what were his big storylines uh for our, our listeners here
3: um, so the first thing that he said was um I asked him what his dark horse might be and he said NYCFC. Um their position in the middle of the 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 table there, they're playing well this year, um, albeit some injuries here and there. But he said if you're looking for a team to, to put your money on, I guess, or a team to watch out for that's gonna play well as an underdog, quote unquote, um, they'd be really good. And then the both of us kind of Highlighted the fact that Philly finished with the Supporters Shield and also have a nine and O home record. So, if they continue playing games at home, which they will, um, they're they're a threat to be really good. And then um, I mentioned that Orlando's going in really hot, like Nani's playing really well. So, yeah. we also talked about how um, TFC the last couple of years when they were in the playoffs and making deep runs, they got hot at the right time, and I think that carried into the playoffs. So, any of the teams that you look at the East or the West that were really hot going in, I, I think those would be the teams that this sort of one round, one game um, battle is going to actually work out for, for sure. Fair That's so, that was sort of our summary there.
0: <laughs> Good summary. I like it. Very, very to the point. Uh, Kyle thoughts
1: on
3: the overall playoffs.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I, I think, Seattle probably is gonna come out of the West to be honest. so that um, means Toronto's going to come out of the East because they always have to play in the finals what you're saying
1: Yeah I think I think it's gonna be what uh, round four or whatever in the finals is going to be yeah it would
0: be round four it's what Seattle's up to one yeah so, so yeah. Toronto's gonna to win this year then just to make it even yeah. and continue to trade
1: um, No to be honest I, th- I think the East is gonna be the most interesting part um, I think you could realistically make a, a, a case for uh, Toronto to come out you can make a case for Philadelphia. You could make a case for uh, even Columbus too, as a more of an uh, upset team, I guess is what you could really call it.
0: And NYCFC apparently.
1: Yeah. No. Um, and so there, there's there's many there's many teams in the East that I think you could you could argue for. Obviously in the West, um, Seattle I would say is probably a step above everybody else. Um, LAFC maybe you could you
3: could argue as well. Um, yeah, but LAFC is missing three of their starters, which would dampen anything. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Um. I
1: uh, yeah. I so I, I'm more intrigued to watch the East games compared to the West. To be honest, mm-hmm. but.
3: Um, that, what that's a- one interesting fact about the West though is Sporting KC, uh, Portland, and Seattle have the same number of points this season. It just came down to I guess goal differential and win percentages. But realistically, like you're right, that West is so open and anyone can take it. So. Just I'm interested to
0: see that first round matchup between Sporting KC and San Jose. You're talking about a KC team who have struggled the last few years, but they put it together this year and are playing a very good system going up against the MLS's all-time best goal scorer and Chris Wondolowski. That'll be a fun first round matchup. If San Jose can get Wondolowski open in behind that defense, man, if they could upset Sporting KC in that first round, people will lose their minds. Um, but I think also it's a possibility an eye
3: because that West is so open.
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, my surprise team will be keep an eye on Nashville. I know it's their first year. I know they're young, but they're playing well. And we saw it yesterday. I know they beat up on a bad inter-Miami team because they weren't where were not we were missing five starters. But Nashville has surprised me all year with this system that they sort of played. And I know they finished seventh in the East. So it's not like they were blowing, like surprising too many teams. But keep an eye on them. I know they they got TFC first round. So if they could, if they could sneak past TFC, that's a huge confidence boost. Beating the Eastern Conference champion from a year ago. Don't be surprised if they make a long run. Yep.
3: And I then, mean TFC is going in cold. Like they've lost the last three, three or four or something like that. So, um, not very confidence boosting for them on their side.
1: And, and then the other thing is is Philadelphia. Obviously going in as the top seed in the east, um, losing their goaltender as well. Yes, uh, that's a huge big one, a one to play. is not gonna play in the playoffs, right? So yeah, that's against the stingy
3: one. Bruce Serena side who showed last night that they're just waiting for an opportunity to win.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that could be that could be a very interesting uh, storyline as well. Um, let's wrap this up, boys. Final thoughts for the day. Uh, Irfan, we'll start with you this time.
3: Sure. Um the Boston Bruins retro jerseys was not the best Boston jersey that dropped over the last week. I really like the Boston Pride jerseys. Um, they're gold. They've got the – I don't know. They're really cool. They've got their their black jersey. I really like it. Um, so that's my final thought. They weren't – I mean, no knock to the Bruins. I, I I liked what they had with the logo. I just wasn't a fan of the color scheme. But the the Pride in the NWSL really like their drop. So take a look, especially the black one. But, again, I like black jersey so
0: you mean the nwhl correct
3: nwhl yes thank you nwhl underline too
0: focused on soccer folks Uh (laughs) guys
3: i just saw nw and i automatically said sl it's fine i apologize the nwhl for the boston pride it's a hockey league not a soccer (laughs) league i apologize
0: (laughs) um yeah i was i'm not really sold on the black one the yellow, the gold one is nice, but the black one, uh... the font is kind of just like plain to me. But, hmm. anyways, Kyle, final thought, my friend.
1: Um, we are getting closer and closer and closer to more professional sports being starting up. I guess, um, whether it be NBA or NHL, we are getting to down to you know weeks away and months and months away compared, or I guess a month away compared to months and months away. So definitely excited for that upcoming. Um, hoping to make some money this weekend on the podcast uh, based on podcast picks. So we'll see how
0: that goes. But uh, favorite pick from this weekend.
1: Oh God, probably Miami three and a half. Um, yeah. You all talked about it. We, we all kind of beat that dead. Um, uh, as an upset, I like Packers money line against the Colts um as a potential upset on there uh i yes the colts defense is number one but i'm not sure about that but um and then i also i would like to um wish mra good luck with everything she goes um appreciate her coming on the podcast today obviously and um i hope everything works out and that she is kind of the uh spearhead of more women joining other uh men's professional sports and uh sports as well
0: so absolutely no i i agree i think that was that's it. very well said kyle um my final thought is do not sleep on Ciro immobile the man won the golden shoe in europe last year and people still don't realize that it wasn't lewandowski but immobile is a legit score for Lazio. keep an eye on him the rest of the year because he is going to put the ball in the back of the net and yes, Kyle Kyle hit it on the head. Thank you, MRA, for joining us today. She was she did an awesome job, and she is a pleasure to talk to. So she was great. We, we will have her on again for sure. Uh, make sure you tune into to the podcast every week. We are at Garage Door Sport on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. You can check out our website, garagedoorsports.com. If you want to follow us specifically, it's at Kyle Vardy for Kyle. At Erfan Manji for Fun and at Nick McVicker, no K in there. It's M C V I C A R. Just make sure you follow that. Everyone always adds a K in my last name. I don't know why, but they just assume that it's a it's a K. It's a car. Well, yeah, it's, it's McVicker, but it's spelled car. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> we are always putting out interesting. St- content we're trying to do more every week Uh, make sure you follow all of our shows betting house pod between the uprights 20 minutes on ice and of course Irfan's touchline thoughts Uh, all great shows all entertaining Irfan has new guests every week the betting house pod keeps ripping on each other and it's always fun to listen to Uh, me and Ryan over at 20 minutes on ice uh, had a great show about the reverse retro jerseys and he tested my leaf knowledge this week god that was that was a struggle and um i'm missing all between the uprights i jumped on between the uprights this week to fill in for gabe who could not make it so it's been a busy week for me (laughs) full of podcasts full of podcasts but make sure you tune into all of them make sure you listen to all of them because they they are great there's great dialogue going across everything for everyone here on the show i want to thank you for listening and we will see you next time